0: Welcome to the Sin of Our Fathers podcast. This week, I'm your host, Matthew Kuhn, joined by my older brother, Michael. That's me. And we're missing a brother this week. Mark Kuhn, our typical host, I don't even know what he's doing. He just told us that he couldn't be here, and we just accepted it on its face, I think. He's
1: he's the flaky one, so I think we knew this day was coming where we'd have a podcast planned and he was going to bail, and here it is. It's all right. It's the off season. It's that part of the season where everyone just doesn't show up to the office. Yeah. You know, it's like, uh, ah, it's okay. Yeah.
0: And no what are you gonna deal. do? There's 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 not a whole lot to talk about. You gotta really dig deep here for, for some Browns content this time of the year. we um, we got some rookie minicamp action. We've got um, we have day three of the NFL draft that we haven't covered since we recorded our last podcast. Um, so we kind of know what now out of the out of free agency in the NFL draft, we kind of have a picture of what the Browns roster is going to be like. Obviously there's going to be some additions and subtractions, but nothing, nothing substantial at this point. So we can kind of project towards that 2018 season um, and what this team might look like on the field. So we'll get into all of that. Um, Michael. Matthew. How, how did you feel about day three of the NFL – of the, the draft for the Browns? We had We had four picks. So it was a little – little underwhelming because we had four picks in the first three rounds, too.
1: Right, yeah. And obviously those are the more talented players that we are going to expect to see. And it seems pretty clear that John Dorsey and his front office treat the last day of the draft as a freaking lottery because every single player, I feel like, um, seems like a lottery ticket in some way, shape, or form. Antonio Callaway certainly is that way. It's the biggest like boom or bust type pick you could ever pick. For everyone's knowledge, if you haven't picked up on it already, I went to the University of Florida and just about as big of a gator football fan as I am a Browns fan So I have watched every play of Antonio Calloway's career at the University of Florida and know for a fact that he is every bit as talented as Calvin Ridley and the other wide receivers that were in this class. He just I can't. still wouldn't have picked him <laughs> right I mean, and that's the thing is, picking him scares me. I'd said I think off the off the podcast with you guys before the draft like the idea of Antonio Callaway is super intriguing, but I don't think I would do it. And I still kind of feel that way. Now, now that he's here and there's no going back, um I'm super intrigued at what that's going to look like. Um and I think it could be a huge win, but it's kind of just like Josh Gordon You can't count on anything.
0: The biggest problem with him to me is that there's not one issue that you can nail down and say, oh, he's got a substance abuse issue or, oh, he, I don't know, like comes from a bad area. Like he seems to have checked every box for character concerns that you could possibly have from being charged with a felony to being accused of sexual assault, which was so there was sketchiness around seems that being dropped. And
1: so, what seems interesting to me about Antonio Calloway is that he is the type of kid that has made a crap ton of terrible decisions. Yes. And like each one of these things that are in various categories, you would say are each a terrible decision, but he is not. The type of character concern, like in the locker room, where he was ever like an issue with coaches, where right. co- where coaches had an issue. Like it's not like a Des Bryant situation where you're like trying to manage this guy. Or a he's Percy a pay- Harvin
0: situation, right? Like, where, where you're he's a like dick.
1: he's a pain in the butt. Like the coaches constantly have to be paying attention. He's gonna let you know whenever he's upset. He's gonna be complaining left and right. Like that's the furthest thing from Antonio Callaway. If anything, Antonio Callaway is like the quiet guy that you have to get like squeeze words out of him. And so it's just seems to be an enigma to me. I don't really know what that means. It seems like he's a kind of gullible dude that isn't super confident in who he is. And like, hopefully he's built a little bit of self-confidence and can like remake himself in a new town. I mean, that's, I think that's just as if you're going to be optimistic, that's the way you've got to look at it.
0: That's the best case scenario. Yeah.
1: Um, He's a good football player. There is no doubt about
0: that. <laughs> He's undoubtedly a good football player. Um, I think if I was looking to be optimistic, the thing that would undercut that is, how do you fail a drug test at the combine? Yeah. If you're actually like putting your life back together. Like, not like, look, I don't. I don't care if it was a like, diluted sample.
1: So he kind of just like botched the test intentionally because he was going to fail it. it was, right. That's he. He admitted reading between the lines. That's what. That's what that means. I right? thought
0: he admitted somewhere that he had smoked weed like two months before, or two weeks before, or something, um, which wouldn't show up in a urine sample. So I don't know why he had a dilute sample. But I don't care if like football players smoke weed. I mean, there's there's been some s- people who've gone like on record to say like 80% of the league like smokes weed and does it for pain or whatever. I care if you're smart enough to like be able to function <laughs> and be in, a the, in the system Yeah, like, and be a professional. And, and the yeah. fact that you like know that this is a big deal and you're going to be tested and you can't like pay attention to that and can't be bothered to, to make sure that you pass. Like that bothers me more than anything else. Yep. Um, I, Would love to see Antonio Callaway succeed. I I completely believe that he has had a a a tough upbringing up to this point and comes from a bad area. So I I'm rooting for him. I am not gonna like I I can't bring myself to just like put my faith in him because I just have to protect myself and know that he's probably not gonna be a long-term solution for the Browns just because you can't rely on him. Yeah, to
1: me, I don't know why you like you choose as John Dorsey to throw another wild card into this wide receiver room. Like we were talking before the draft on the podcast about the reason we need a receiver is because, we because need because a, there's wild cards. Because yeah. there's wild cards and we need a stabilizing force and we yeah. need to secure the future at that position. This does not do that. Yeah, like in the best case scenario, we have the best wide receiving core in the entire NFL. In the worst worst case case scenario, scenario, none of these guys play.
0: Yeah, like worst case scenario, four years from now, we're paying Jarvis Landry fifteen million dollars and we have nobody else.
1: Right. I mean, like I don't understand the logic in going for like just looking at Antonio Callaway as a player, picking him in the fourth round. I get that, but when you're making a pick for the Cleveland Browns, given the wide receiver room that we have the logic is not really there for me
0: seems like you would pick a, pick a safer more reliable reliable option however i don't know i mean if you did your homework and for some reason you feel like he's turned a corner and i don't know i don't know what could make you feel that way my question is fourth round seemed high like who were you worried was going to pick him
1: I don't know. At that I, point. If you if you feel pretty confident, like they have portrayed themselves to be, and you think that he is that first second-round talent and you feel pretty confident that fourth round, if you want the guy, I'm okay with it. Anytime after fourth round, I have the same philosophy that, like, take a chance on high All upside guys. All those guys are
0: basically the same.
1: Yeah, take a chance on high upside guys, fourth round and later. That's great. I don't know how much I agree with these guys that they took. I think of these ones, if we can move on from Antonio Callaway, the next one is Gerard Avery, I believe. Gennard. G- G- Gennard? Gennard. I said Gerard. It is Gennard. You're right. Yeah. Uh,
0: I, I assume it's a hard G. Gennard. Or maybe it's Gennard. I don't know. Is absolutely
1: uh, ripped. Freak. Absolutely ripped.
0: Dude, dude is not big, but he is a freaking athlete.
1: He is short, and he is fast. His mock draftable page, it looks nice. Um, I don't know how fluid of an athlete he is, though. It's very interesting to me. Like, you watch him on tape, and I see, like, speed.
0: His 20-yard shuttle wasn't very good.
1: Yeah, like, he's not a fast-twitch type guy. Like, I don't see this guy ever But he's covering.
0: explosive. Like, his vert and his broad jump are crazy. I know,
1: but, like, you watch him on tape, and he's, like, seems really good straight line. And he doesn't do a great job, like when he's engaged and has to discard a block, like he can't get, he can't disengage.
0: So for those for those who don't have mock draftable pulled up in front of them, um, Gennard Avery ran uh four nine uh, four five nine in the forty yard dash, which is the ninety third percentile for inside linebackers. Um, has a 36-inch vertical leap, which is the 82nd percentile, and his broad jump was equally impressive at 124 inches, which is the 96th percentile. So basically, 40-yard dash broad jump, as good as you could do.
1: Did he bench? Because he's so jacked. Like, he had to have put up a Uh, good number His bench press,
0: 26 reps, 79th percentile. So that's pretty good.
1: Yeah. So he's a weird dude because he's going to play, like, Mike Linebacker in the middle cuz I don't think he does have the like fluidity and quickness to play on the outside. I mean
0: I've, I've heard people he had 8 sacks.
1: I know, but this is what I'm saying. This is why he's weird is that he's going to play mike linebacker on like first and second down and then could rush the passer from the on outside third down. on third down.
0: He what he seems to me like is like Jamie Collins type replacement
1: guy. Maybe down the line, but I think like Jamie Collins From looking at this guy's tape, I watched a couple of games after we drafted him. I don't see the type of athleticism from him that Jamie Collins has, like change of direction type athleticism that Jamie Collins has or has had at his peak. Um, I'm not sure if we've seen much of that with Jamie Collins in a Cleveland uniform just yet. But
0: Let's look up Jamie Collins mock draftable.
1: That's a good idea. Um, so this guy, I just don't know how he's gonna play. I think he's definitely gonna be a really good special teams player, and I'd be shocked if he doesn't make our team. We need linebacker depth. We hardly have any guys there. I mean,
0: Jamie Collins is is slower, but his vert and his broad jump are equally as impressive. Jamie Collins' broad jump is in the 99th percentile. Yeah, no,
1: Jamie Collins is a freak, freak. D- dude home.
0: is a freak. Much lower bench press, which I don't think surprises and shocks anybody. Um, but his like three cone and his twenty yard shuttle, his twenty yard shuttle is actually
1: worse. Yeah,
0: or it's about the same.
1: So, anyways, I do think that you're right that if this guy shows something, that he could definitely be in position to kind of take that over for much cheaper than what we're currently paying, Jamie Collins. And we, we saw could get out of that deal a little bit earlier. We saw
0: last year when Jamie Collins went down, our linebacker core was so limited because athletically we just didn't have. We didn't have the guys. We had James Burgess, who's a thumper and was tremendous we against just didn't the run. Th-
1: we just didn't have a third guy to come in. Like, yeah. Schobert's fine. Kirksey's fine. Uh, but then that third was just such a weak spot.
0: Yeah. And I mean, even Kirksey isn't the best in coverage. Yeah. Uh, like, if you had to pair him against a tight end, you're not. Yeah. I mean, you're not worried, but you're not thinking, oh, well, that's a position of strength.
1: Yeah. We still don't have a great coverage linebacker. I yeah. don't think there's a great coverage linebacker on our roster right and now.
0: He, he has the athletic profile where where he could potentially do it. I if, agree with you he's looking at the enough, numbers, yeah.
1: but I don't see it whenever I watch him on tape. He looks like a straight line speed. I'm going to put my nose down and get after that guy. And he looks really impressive when he's chasing a guy down in the open field. And when he there's any traffic, he has a l- trouble hey. getting through it. And
0: we have we have very few defensive tackles, so we may need to be chasing people <laughs> down. So that that could be a good a good oh, um, profile to have there in, in the linebacker
1: core. So um, that's Janard Avery. So, or I'm, however I, the heck you say his name.
0: I'm actually pretty excited about him. Uh, there's a, a few people who who think pretty highly of him um, of these guys we drafted on day three. I think he's probably the one who makes the longest-term impact um, just because I just have no faith in Antonio Callaway and his ability to, like, stay on the straight and narrow.
1: Yeah, and then these last two guys, I think it's going to be a miracle if they make the team. We were just talking about it.
0: These guys, so this is what I don't understand is some people didn't even have Damian Ratley, like... Listed. Like, profiled. Like you know, they, they were like, "Who?" Um, and this guy didn't. <laughs> really Damian
1: Ratley, wide receiver for from everyone Texas A&M. Up, Texas A&M. A&M
0: didn't really play much in his college career. Came on late, Had in like the last like six year, or seven and that games. Was about it. But didn't do much.
1: Huge yards per catch average. I think he averaged like almost 15 yards per catch, which is pretty enormous. But he's kind of a big play guy. Nice measurables. The only thing I can figure with both of these guys, and this is what I was thinking whenever they drafted them, is, all right, we're at the portion of the draft where like these guys might make your team if they show up really well in camp, but you're not necessarily counting on them to even make your team. I right. almost wonder if you're just picking the guys that you like, that you want to see closer, that you don't think are going to sign with you as an undrafted free agent.
0: Maybe. Like but at the is same part I mean, I'm not
1: saying I condone that strategy, but it almost seems like that's what they decided to do. Because a handful of the undrafted guys we got, I think, are would have been a more palatable draft pick in, in these slots in the late rounds.
0: I don't even think Damian Ratley is in the mock draftable database.
1: No, I don't think he went to the combine. Yeah. Blows my mind. He might have. I'll look I'll try to look it up. You're not the best at spelling.
0: Mm, that's true um especially when it comes to names because
1: people can get pretty creative
0: but here's what i don't understand when you have holes on your roster still say defensive tackle or even safety or or whatnot wide receiver is not a position of need even wide receivers who can play special teams right if if that's what we're viewing ratley as Um, which to his credit he came in and in his press conference said Hey, I I can make some plays and I can play special teams. So like he, he very clearly knows where his um where he fits in this food chain. But we've got Janice, we've got Ricardo Lewis. Like, why not go take a defensive tackle who could potentially compete oh. compete to keep a spot or go take a safety who could potentially like surprise you or
1: um I'm with you on the defense. Go take tackles. another
0: offensive offensive tackle who who, who might come in and, and like, if you if weren't going to just roll dice here on on players, like, why not make it a position where yep. it could actually help you?
1: Yeah, no, I was expecting a defensive tackle the entire Saturday that I sat on my couch watching the draft. I expected every single one of the picks to be a tackle, and not one of them came up that way. I was shocked.
0: Because, like, what, what happens if Ratley is actually good? Best case scenario, he's, he's our fourth wide receiver.
1: I mean, like he's because a, he's, he's better than Callaway? He's above Callaway? I just I which, see which, that happening which
0: seems unlikely,
1: but I, I'm not even sure that Damian Ratley's better than what's his face the Auburn kid that we've had on our roster, Ricardo kid, Lewis. Ricardo Lewis. I don't think he is. I doubt that he is. He had a worse college career. So, yeah, and Ricardo Lewis is like they're the same type of player. Right. They're they're like the exact same type of player. And Great. Now we have a young
0: Ricardo Lewis, which I I never wanted in the first place. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's exactly what they are. They're both a very, very similar type of player. They have straight line speed, big play potential, and not a whole lot of refined wide receiver skills.
0: Yeah, I don't see how Damian Ratley makes this roster, which makes this draft pick all the more confusing. Because if you look at the guys ahead of him, I mean
1: six six receivers is probably the most you would carry.
0: Right. He's not gonna break into our top four receivers.
1: Right. Probably not. I mean, you've got Josh Gordon, you have Jarvis Landry, you have Corey Coleman, and Antonio Calloway. Callaway? I mean sk- skill
0: wise. I mean, he could always get cut yep. before we get We signed even get Jeff Janice in the off yeah. season. Who's stud special teams player, gonna gonna
1: make the roster. And can stretch the field. Yep. Um, which is the skill that Ratley possesses as well. So then you're and talking then like six six spot for some of those holdovers from last year.
0: You've got your pick of Ricardo Lewis, Richard Higgins. Who are those who are those other guys? Do we have Bryce Traggs still on the roster?
1: I don't know that he's still around. I know that we dropped the We dropped Kaysen Kaysen Williams. I think Trag's is still around.
0: Uh, but still we're looking at six wide receiver, which you're playing special teams. Is there any way he's going to be better at special teams than
1: Ricardo Lewis, who that seems to be his only marketable skill? Uh, I can't definitively say one way or the other. The only th- reason I think he has a better chance to make it is because this front office drafted him, and Ricardo Lewis was drafted by the previous regime.
0: Maybe. And so so maybe maybe that's the ticket. I Put me down on the record as saying that Damian Ratley is not going to make this roster. I just don't see it happening. And that's not even factoring in somebody coming in and surprising people.
1: Um, For the record, that player was not on the Browns roster. Not on the Browns roster anymore.
0: Really glad we traded for him or picked him up. We didn't trade him.
1: That was a waiver pick. We signed him off of like Philly's practice squad in the middle of the season.
0: Really glad we played him over Cason Williams all last season.
1: (laughs) You liked him. What do you mean? Um, And fed him the ball for that first game.
0: I know. It was ridiculous.
1: So then that brings us to the last pick uh, of the draft. Simeon Thomas.
0: Who the hell is this guy?
1: (laughs) A lucky dude. A lucky dude. He got drafted, and he probably shouldn't have been.
0: He's 25 years old. He apparently is just not very, I don't know, not very organized, maybe not very intelligent. He was... Didn't play like half of his college career because he was suspended for academic reasons. Like, he's not very great. No, like I'm if if, if you me. if you watch and,
1: his tape, and I don't know what position he plays. That's what I was just about to say. We don't even know what position he's going to play. Like, is he going to play free safety? That's probably his best chance to make the roster because we we have no depth. At but free he safety. only weighs
0: like 190 pounds.
1: This is another thing we need to talk about, free safety. Okay, we let's just stop about Simeon Thomas because he's... I don't like, even know what to say about him. There's not much him. to say about him because we don't know what position he is. You just said the whole laundry list of reasons why we should be concerned about this pick. Don't, there's another guy older. Who, did,
0: who didn't go to the combine.
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Anyways, but free safety. Why in the world did we just drop Kai Nakua? Can someone explain that to me? Like... We have hardly any free safeties on the roster. The guy was decent in the limited amount of snaps that he played last year. Are you, arguably, why not? arguably why not? we
0: don't have any free safeties on the roster because we just moved Randall there from corner.
1: Yeah, and we might move BBC there, which makes no sense to me either. So why would you just let your depth walk onto the street? I kind of like
0: Nakua. I, I think he was a limited player. I don't know that he's ever going to be like great. Yeah, but
1: he's a very low upside player. Yeah, but like seemed like a great special teams guy. He was always running around to the ball. Yeah. I felt like he had decent instincts. Like I, I, I was perfectly fine with the guy. I
0: mean, at least keep him through camp. It didn't like, make any like, sense to me. Give him a chance to grow and mature. I don't know. Um, no free safety blows my mind. I don't. Like I guess Simeon Thomas has got to be free safety because we don't need another corner. Yeah. Even if we move BBC, we don't need more corners. Right? Yeah. There's no chance that he's going to make it over some of the guys we've got on the roster.
1: Yeah, he's listed on the Browns' uh depth chart as a defensive back. Who else Broadly. is listed as a defensive back? Everybody.
0: Oh, okay. <laughs> they're all I was listed. hoping that he
1: was like <laughs> Yeah, they're all but, listed um, as defensive backs. Wow. No, no uh, difference a, between a corner or a safety. That's very open-minded of us. Yeah. So anyway, so that that's kind of the draft. But then there were some undrafted free agents that I kind of liked. The one that, like I said, I was looking at defensive tackles this whole time, thinking we were going to draft someone. And the only one really of any consequence that we picked up in as an undrafted free agent is the guy out of Georgia. His name's Trenton Thompson. And Trent Thompson was a five star recruit out of high school, never quite lived up to like his billing. We and love left, we
0: love those guys in Cleveland apparently,
1: <laughs> and left a year early. What's funny is I was it, It's kind of it's not the worst way to go about it, right? Think guys that have raw talent maybe were a square peg in a round hole, weren't able to maximize it. It's kind of like what we did with Isaiah Crowell. Isaiah Crowell yeah. was a top tier running back recruit, rated higher than Todd Gurley. At the time. And, and got into legal trouble. And, you know, got into some yeah. trouble and whatever. It didn't work it's out so It's hard to so shine at
0: Alabama A&M.
1: Well, I mean, he started in Georgia. Yeah,
0: as a uh, true freshman.
1: Yeah. Um, but anyways, it's not the worst route to go. So anyways, I think he had a little bit of trouble staying on the field. Not for legal issues, as we're talking about Trenton Thompson. Uh, but just with some, like, little health things. Um, but when he was on his game... He was really good. There's a couple games, like in talking to my Georgia fans, where the, he just completely dominated. So for a team that needs three-technique depth, I like the, his chances of making the roster. There's a spot for another defensive tackle to make the roster from somewhere. And I don't know, unless we sign somebody else, I don't know why it wouldn't be him.
0: Yeah. Is that is that what he is? You've watched him more than me. Is he a three-tech? Yep, yep, for sure. I mean, what a, we've got Caleb Brantley. We've got Coley. And that's about it, right? I mean, we need five D
1: tackles, right? So I see him as the fifth guy. I don't know who else could and Meter, and then and that's it. Yeah, I mean, so you've got those four guys a, that should be making the team, and then there's you. you there's would certainly think we're a, gonna... a clear path for him yeah. to make the team. So I I feel much better about him making the team than either Ratley or Simeon Thomas, right? But my,
0: because positionally, there's a clear path. Yeah. Um, which is which is what surprises me so much we had that position of need at defensive tackle and didn't bother to draft somebody maybe it should have been thompson like in the 6th round like if you if you liked him like go ahead and
1: draft him right but that's my point is that i feel like they probably felt good about him not being drafted and thought they had a decent chance of him signing And I just wonder how. Sure, but are you worried
0: that somebody's going to draft Damian Ratley? Like,
1: yeah, but I don't think they felt like they would be able to sign him. Which I oh well. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily. I mean, I'm not losing sleep
0: over that. So, Uh,
1: Uh, as far as the other offensive linemen, there's a local kid, uh, Christian Delorio, who played. line I think he was a tackle at Illinois. Some people are excited about him. I don't know a ton about him. Doesn't seem like there's much of a chance. We already kind of have a log jam at offensive line. But then the one that really got a lot of acclaim from the draft analyst was Desmond Harrison who bounced around at quite a few schools before finally finishing up his career at West Georgia. Uh, but physically yeah. t- talented offensive tackle. Just completely mauls people. It's a nice campus out there at West Georgia. West Georgia. you've ever been. I've actually, actually driven through is it. Is this the country or is this the, <laughs> the, West Georgia? It's in the <laughs>
0: It's in the Caucasus. <laughs>
1: like literally, I've never heard of West Georgia in my entire life. Like, are we like
0: it's a very war-torn area? <laughs> he's, he's, he's probably probably hardened by years of strife. Uh, and the sun just beating down on yeah. him.
1: Oh. Uh, West Georgia. So anyways, but uh, this guy, if he can stay on the field, by all means, seems like a really talented player physically. Where did he start? Do you know? He started, oh, I knew you were going to ask me that. I think he started at Texas. Um, I can look it up here I, real quick. That's but a hell of a ride. It's clear we're going to have a competition at tackle. And we need to. Best guy Best guy is going to rise to the top, and I have to think that he's going to have a chance. Probably not as good of a chance as, like, Sean Coleman or, you know. The I mean,
0: can he beat Donald Stevenson? Corbett?
1: For... I think he could definitely beat Donald Stevenson. Yeah. Right. That's a great point.
0: I mean, that's probably who he's competing for with a roster spot. Yep. I mean, I, I don't think Coleman or Corbett are, are going anywhere. So,
1: yeah. Um, I feel proud of myself. I was correct in, in saying Texas. that he started at Texas. Good for him. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Some things stick in this brain every once in a while. Uh, but he's a big dude. He's a big dude. And he's very athletic, strong as a. will get out. So that's the one thing that these guys that we brought up
0: from Green Bay in the front office, they have a – I mean, draft – the guys that they've had on their offensive line that they've picked in the mid-rounds mid, mid rounds and picked undrafted. Oh, yeah. Left and, just, and right. Just uncanny. They yeah. have, outside of Brian Balaga, they haven't but spent... But he was a top pick. Yeah, they haven't spent, like, a a, a high pick on offensive yeah. linemen and have had a pretty decent offensive line. Oh, yeah. Had injuries of like- and they've plug and played. Like, it's been mm-hmm. impressive. So, if I'm going to give this front office any leeway it's in in picking offensive linemen and that's part of what i'm telling myself with this austin corbett pick and him, him potentially playing left tackle like i'll give him the benefit of the doubt and we'll we'll see what happens with with some of these guys ultimately um they tend to be in the mindset of find the best five guys and figure out how to get them all on the field um, yep. instead of worrying about position so much so I mean, we could see
1: clearly their opinion of this Corbett pick. They yep. just like him as a player.
0: Yeah, and so we'll see maybe Corbett at left tackle, maybe Petonia at left tackle. I don't know. I think they're going to be open-minded with 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 how they make that work. But how do you feel about now that the 2018 draft is over, about the Browns' additions this offseason, specifically the draft compared to some of our AFC North rivals?
1: Well, the Browns had the flexibility to do whatever the heck they wanted. Which is great. And it was it was fun, obviously, to for us to like have multiple moves being made throughout the offseason. Like yeah. when you sit there on a Friday afternoon and NFL Network is constantly talking about the trades that the Browns have going on yeah. every 30 minutes. Like that's fun to be in the middle of it.
0: The only time the Browns are relevant. Yes.
1: Yeah. But um, th- we're just at a different stage than all the rest of these teams are. I, I don't feel like... I mean, the res- the Ravens are still trying to find a wide receiver. That's a big deal. It's like... Des Bryant. I mean, he's going to end up there, right? I don't know where that guy's going to go. I'm shocked that he didn't sign somewhere before the draft. I mean, I feel like he completely, like, killed his value by not signing somewhere before the draft.
0: I don't know, but now maybe teams who are looking to
1: get wide receivers. Maybe he's like, just He should lazy. go back
0: to Dallas, shouldn't he? <laughs> like... Yeah, (laughs) like on a cheaper deal. Yeah,
1: Jerry Jones still loves the guy.
0: Like who loses in Des Bryant signing for Dallas for like $5 million? I I mean, that's what blows my mind. The offensive coordinator that has to deal with him? I guess. (laughs) But that's what blows my mind when some of these guys like get cut from their teams because their contract numbers are too high in that they're actually a best fit with the team that they're currently on. It's just the numbers don't work. So renegotiate the deal. Yeah. Like we we see this all the time with players leaving and leaving a hole. Like who's gonna be Dallas's wide receiver? Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns.
1: Alan Hearns and I mean,
0: that's not who I want as my number one, but no. and I guess they drafted Michael Gallup, right? They did. Um, which he'll be probably pretty good, but he's he's not a sure thing.
1: No, they don't have, and Cole Beasley, I mean, who's Dak Prescott's favorite target, but he's just a little Yeah, but congrats. A little slut like guy.
0: you've got a little slot receiver.
1: Can you put your computer on mute, please?
0: Yeah, sorry, my wife is um, very concerned as to my current whereabouts. Um, so the Ravens, I think, had the most interesting draft. Yeah, um, in the first round, for sure.
1: Lamar Jackson scares me. I do not love the fact that Lamar Jackson is in our division that will be playing him probably. It's, it's years.
0: just a wild card, right?
1: Yeah. Um, my question
0: is, doesn't the Ravens aren't a team that? like, embraces awkward personnel decisions. They're in a weird personnel situation now with Flacco under contract for the next three years and Lamar Jackson sitting there as the first-round pick. Oh, yeah. Like, even if, even if Flacco plays out this entire season and then they cut him, they still owe him a ton of money.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, which I think is probably what will happen. Um, in all likelihood, he'll play out this year. You'll see Lamar Jackson in some sub-package type deals. He he'll see the field, I would imagine, in some way, shape, or form.
0: They've got to love him They're like. That's a big step to take. I mean, I look. I'm no Flacco I mean, apologist. Like, I I think they needed to make make some moves at that position. But still, that's that has potential to be a disaster. Like a, a like a locker room. Like Flacco goes out and he plays terribly for the oh, it's first be couple a lot weeks. To manage. Yeah. Like, what do you do?
1: Yeah. No, I don't envy that position. Although the Browns might be in a weird position. The first game, Tyrod Taylor like craps the bed is going to be.
0: Yeah, but then at the end of the day, Tyrod Taylor's gone the next year for zero dollars. So right. you can like feel oh, yeah. pretty good about just throwing him under the bus and rolling with Baker. Yeah. Uh, it'll be that I think is probably one of the most interesting storylines in the NFL um, this season is the Joe Flacco Lamar Jackson situation because mm-hmm. I think Flacco's a good dude, but he so far has not seemed, and rightly so, too too keen on the idea of Lamar Jackson being there and mentoring him or whatnot.
1: Yeah,
0: um, but that's
1: really the only substantial. Who was their other first-round pick? The tight end. It, oh yeah, they're the first one to take a tight oh, end. Hayden off the Hurst, board. but Hayden Hurst, I'm kind of—he's kind of boring to me. Like, I, go ahead, draft Hayden Hurst. That doesn't scare me at all. Like, I'll have to take da- my David Njoku all day long versus Hayden Hurst.
0: Yeah, like, what's the what's the ceiling on Hayden Hurst?
1: I feel like, like Hayden Hurst is—it's not even
0: like Jimmy Graham, right? Like, it's, oh no,
1: no, it's I, like Ben Watson. Uh, maybe, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not too worried about Hayden Hurst. He might be a decent tight end, but he's not going to kill us. Well, Ben Watson killed us last year. so <laughs> He shouldn't so honestly, kill us.
0: He'll, he'll kill us because we're the Browns and we can't guard tight ends. But We have Greg Williams. Yeah. But then again, any, any, any old tight end would probably kill us, so it doesn't matter if it's Hayden Hurst or somebody else. Um, what about the other teams? Um, Pittsburgh had an interesting draft. They reached for that Edmonds oh, safety, panicked.
1: which was. I've rejoiced. That's beautiful. Everyone had him as a third round pick, and he went in the first round.
0: My question is: Were they confused, and did they think his brother was still on the board? <laughs>
1: like, what <laughs> you is said that? At what the time. is what
0: are the odds that that actually happened?
1: Uh, highly doubtful. But uh, still, funny to how, think about. How
0: funny would that be if they just like aren't telling anybody that they
1: yeah. <laughs> actually messed up oh, and they're just shoot. like they're we just drafted like drafted the wrong Edmonds.
0: We're gonna we're gonna take our lumps here as for reaching for a player because we won't want to admit that we drafted the wrong dude.
1: But they shipped off Martavis Bryant. Yeah, they drafted a receiver in the second round. They took James Washington out of Oklahoma State, which now everyone thinks is paired him with Yeah. With yep. Mason Rudolph, which I'm happy for them to take Mason Rudolph. I'm not particularly keen on the guy. I'll,
0: I'll play against him yep. for the next ten years,
1: gladly. Yeah. Neither Josh Dobbs, who's the backup quarterback for the Steelers, or Mason Rudolph scare me in the slightest. So, who would, who would you rather play them. against? Hmm, probably Dobbs. Probably Dobbs. He's yeah. he's got a little wild
0: card in him. Like Rudolph's gonna like lose boringly. Dobbs like has the potential to explode.
1: Yeah. Uh um, or
0: implode, I guess is the proper term.
1: Neither one of them scare me at all. So it's really like not much of a question. I'd happily play either one. Um yeah.
0: He 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 was a pick that seemed to make sense. Um he I don't think he's the long term answer. When when Roethlisberger retires, they're gonna have to go try to find somebody, probably. Yep. Which so, Rothesburger's saltiness of like mentoring Rudolph was interesting to me because Roethlisberger's like talked about retiring each of the last couple off seasons
1: I'm, I don't want to waste breath on talking about Ben Roethlisberger because he's a douche first of all and secondly because he just wants to be the center of attention like he's just creates a narrative so that people are talking about him and I can't support that so I'd prefer to move on which brings us to the Cincinnati Bengals Ugh. and if we look at their draft, Hmm. It sounds like they really liked that Frank Ragnow center from Arkansas, and he wasn't there by the time they traded back in the draft, and then he wasn't there by their spot. And I think they expected him to be. So they just did and what every Ohio like...
0: team needed to do and just draft Ohio State players.
1: And they reached and they took Billy Price.
0: Yeah. You can't lose with Ohio State players. Just listen to the fans. So every Ohio State player comes into the league and just thrives.
1: So Billy Price is probably a decent center, but it's a center. I don't think that like and their, I care. That their much.
0: offensive line issues weren't really in the in no, the they were.
1: They they lost they their just... crappy center. They lost their crappy center. <laughs> he was bad. They let him walk, which was probably the right move. Um, remarkably, he got another job, and they filled the backfield with Billy Price. What so, an awful we'll offensive line. Yeah, I guess they
0: added Cordy Glenn, which is going to help. A left tackle. He's, yep. he's a good left tackle. Um,
1: but just like a solid guy, not a guy that, like, Miles Garrett's going to be worried about at night. No. Not at all?
0: No. Not not what the Bengals probably would have hoped they had when they drafted boyer and Jake Fisher yeah. in the first and second round, that one draft a couple years ago.
1: So the rest of the Bengals draft...
0: That that Bengals team could be bad.
1: Yeah. It wouldn't shock me at all if the Browns ended up placing ahead of them in the division this year. I like our chances against them.
0: And the Ravens have their question marks too. Oh, yeah. And the Steelers' defense isn't that great. Like, well, Can you name a Steelers linebacker?
1: Yeah, uh, Bud Dupree.
0: Bud Dupree. He's tech yes, he is a linebacker. Tech He is. No, you're right. But like that entire level of the Steelers defense is just gone. And then their second their safeties aren't really there either. Edmonds. Yeah, Edmonds. The, th- <laughs> the third round pick. Who people are suggesting they might use as a linebacker. Um uh, and then they've got Joe Hayden and Artie Burns, which I guess is fine. But I don't I just don't know about the Steelers. Like if they if they struggle at all on offense, they're gonna be in trouble because they're not gonna be able to stop hardly anybody.
1: Oh, that's right. The Bengals took Sam Hubbard in the third round, which was I mean, another that's a Ohio that's a State.
0: solid third round pick. I mean Yeah.
1: And then Malik Jefferson, which is actually the pick that I kinda liked, who's a guy that has all the raw talent in the world and didn't always have the numbers to back it up. Right. But Seems physically talented as a linebacker and maybe edge player out of Texas. We'll see how that how that works out for him. Yeah,
0: at the the end of the day, none of these drafts. The Ravens is the one that long term is like disappointing to me. Oh, the potential the potential of playing Lamar Jackson for like twelve years could could be devastating. However, in the short term. It could work in our
1: favor with the just the chaos that it could cause. The internal strife for yeah. the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I could see it.
0: I mean, and if nothing else, they cut Joe Flacco after the year and they're sitting on a $16 million cap hit, which is just good for any team that's playing them because their roster will be inferior. Um, so coming out of this draft, I had mentioned it um, leading off the podcast. We kind of have a... Uh, framework for what the Browns roster is going to look like. Coming out of this draft, where does this roster still need to have some work done? Like, what what are the remaining holes? We filled a bunch in free agency. We added some in the draft, but it's obviously not perfect. I mean, this is an 0-16 team, so there's, there's a lot to be desired.
1: Yeah, um, it's a good question. I think that the two biggest holes are on the lines. I think it's defensive tackle. I am shocked that we didn't draft somebody. And as I mentioned, Trenton Thompson seems like a candidate to make the team now that we didn't put like a proven, more like highly sought after player um in there for some depth on the defensive line. I'm just worried if like Larry Ogan Joby gets hurt. Like, we're going to be... We're screwed. Like, he's kind of the defensive tackle we are all counting on to, like, make a difference in the middle. Yeah. And if he gets hurt, we're, like, pretty weak in yeah. the middle. If we're
0: starting Coley and Caleb Brantley... Or, I, like,
1: meter. It'd probably be meter ugh. as the one tech, and then Coley or Brantley on the right next to him. I just don't like our depth there. And then it's left tackle, but left tackle is an interesting spot. I feel I'm happy with how it that position has been addressed. We have a bunch of guys to compete there. We're not counting on Sean Coleman to be the answer. We have plenty of options. Sure. We have some veterans that we brought in. We have Sean Coleman moving over from right tackle to left. We have Austin Corbett coming in in the second round, and we have the undrafted free agent guy that I mentioned before. Yeah. So I Given, like that there's options there but it's still a huge question mark at one of the most important positions on the field.
0: Sure, but it that's kind of across the NFL. There's a dozen teams struggling to find a competent left tackle. True. Um I think we did the best we could with that filling that hole with Joe Thomas leaving. Um, the other option obviously would be of Signing Nate Solder, which I guess we had made the the best effort we could to do, and didn't want to come here, which is fine. Um, so, g- given the the cards we were dealt, I mean, I'm pretty happy with having four guys and just seeing what happens, rolling the dice, and then at the end of the day, if come the 2019 NFL Draft, we we need a left tackle. Hopefully, we'll be in a position where we can pick somebody to fill that
1: hole. Yeah. So, the Sa- other position that I don't love what we're looking at is safety. safety.
0: Yeah.
1: And I want it just, I don't see how it's going to shake out. There's no certainty there. We have two starting caliber strong safeties and
0: no proven free safety. But
1: it very, okay. So, our assumption at this point is that Demarius Randall is going to be our starting free safety and that Jabril Peppers is going to be our starting strong safety. But their backups are going to be... It looks like they're talking about moving Brian Body Calhoun to free safety when he was one of the better slot corners in the entire NFL last year. So I don't love that. Basically taking a guy off the field. When is he going to play if he's the backup free safety? Right. Why would you do that to a guy that was a top-tier slot corner in the NFL? It doesn't make any sense to me. And then... The backup on the strong safety side was a player that played and graded quite well last year. In uh, why am I drawing a blank on his name? Derek Kindred. Derek Kindred. I'm seeing like his him in his TCU jersey for some reason. I don't know why I couldn't I couldn't bring the name um, to the to my tongue. Um, but I, to some degree, I feel like you could make an argument that those backups might be better than the starting guys that were like just slotting in there. Yeah. And I don't know how we know which guy's better from what we've seen from any of them at this point. And so it's such a question mark to me as to who the best two guys are.
0: Well, Michael, they're all defensive backs. <laughs> that's just, true. Just, just roll the dice. We'll we'll, 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 see, we'll see what happens.
1: Well, and that's true. I mean, we've got so many others that fit the defensive back distinction when you're talking about all these guys that we signed and they're all slot corners and we've got a lot of slot guys Denzel Ward's the only one you really feel like is gonna be playing on the outside and we've got TJ Carey we've got EJ I, Gaines EJ Gaines who I always forget I mean he is on and team. He he's and Ward, solid
0: he and Ward should play have outside. to start
1: right and then yeah. carry in the slot I guess but like probably I mean carries getting paid so much you have to figure he's gonna start he's got to play yeah, but then you're te- you're bumping BBC out of the spot where he's thrived. I which I don't love. So maybe move him to safety. But then we picked up the fifth year option on Demarius
0: Randall, so right. we're invested. So in So we hand. have
1: all these pieces, and I have no clue how it's going to shake out. And I candidly don't have the trust in our coaching staff to figure it out. So that just it makes me super uneasy about at least the final here's outcome. The thing. There,
0: here's the thing. At least this year we have the pieces. True. Last year, we didn't have the pieces.
1: Oh, that's absolutely true.
0: And so there wasn't even a chance to try to figure it out. And this year, hopefully, they can find, find the right combination. Except uh, Because I don't we know do that. have, like, eight or nine players who uh, I, I feel decently about who could rise to the top and, and be the, the guys who prove to be the starters.
1: Yeah, I mean, and guys, like, it's come up a bunch of times. People are probably counting too much on it. But Howard Wilson... Like that Mike Jordan guy played fairly decent last year whenever he had to come in. Yeah. Like he was solid. Yeah. We signed this I think Terrence Mitchell dude from Howard, Kansas City. Howard Wilson
0: got screwed. He really like, did. Like you get hurt and then New front office The comes new front in. office comes in and they didn't draft you and I mean who knows how they thought He's about it. He's got you. a
1: real uphill battle on his hands, oh poor guy. Oh my gosh. Um anyways, we got a crap ton of defensive backs, and I have no clue how they're all gonna shake out. Just about every single position is up in the air because you would like to say that Denzel Ward's going to start at outside corner, but he's a rookie corner. Like, how often does that happen where a guy comes in and really, like, shines and has it all figured out on day one? When you draft a guy at number four overall in the draft, you'd like it to to work out that way? He has to play, right? He has to play, but is he definitely going to be the starting outside corner? I don't know. I mean, all these I mean, other. Everybody guys...
0: looks at Marcus Lattimore last year, but he's really the out, kind of the outlier. Right. In the, he's right. Recency bias, so everybody thinks about him, but.
1: Yeah, i I don't think we should assume that Denzel Ward's going to step in and start Week One. I think that would be a mistake. To... We have
0: we have the players to for yeah. that not to have to happen. Like he could he he's got the skills to play in the slot too. He could be the slot guy, yeah. um, carrying gains, could start on the outside. Um, he could be the fourth corner. BBC could start the slot. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens.
1: So regarding roster composition, so I pulled up something that Bleacher Report put out about what the typical roster construction is, how many positions get yeah. held on each, you know, uh, uh, how many players at each position get held. If you were picking right now nine offensive linemen. For the Browns? For the Browns to hold on to. Okay. For their active 53-man roster,
0: here are my guys. We've got Batonio, Z- Zeidler Treader, Hubbard.
1: Yep. Those are the four definite starters. Coleman. Yep.
0: Corbett. That's yep. six.
1: You got three more spots.
0: We've got Reader.
1: You think he's making it? I think he's a question mark.
0: I I would keep him as my backup center.
1: But don't you think that our new guy Austin Corbett can play center?
0: He's never played center. He like, played
1: center at he played center at the Senior Bowl, and lots of people had him as a center. Okay, maybe. I mean, I'm, well, I mean, we'll see. I, are, this I, is why I'm asking I, this question because there's a to, million ways you can slice this. I think
0: we need to play him at left tackle. Um, I would keep Durango. I like Drango as as a guard, <laughs> and then as a guard who can play tackle if we In an absolutely need somebody to. Um,
1: and then we've got a ninth. Oh, well, there's a bunch. I mean, any of these other tackles yeah. that we have that we're like considering. Oh. So we signed Donald Stevenson. You have Rod Johnson from last year. Get You've rid of got... Get
0: rid of both of those deuces. Like, <laughs> okay, I, I don't really care about them. Um, but you've we, got this undrafted we, we kid need, Desmond Harrison. We need a tackle. I think I would keep I think I would keep Harrison because I'd, and ultimately we'd end up kind of shy on proven tackles because we'd be going with Hubbard as our right tackle and then either Coleman um Corbett or it's Harrison at left tackle. Mhm. But I mean, what else are you going to do? Are you going to play Donald Stevenson at left tackle? Like, I don't, I don't that's think a that lose, gets, that's a yeah, losing proposition. That doesn't get any better than starting any of those people, right?
1: So, I think that would be my nine. I just think it's an interesting decision. I would definitely keep Ryder. I've gone on the record saying I, will, I like that guy, and it wouldn't entirely shock me if he wins the starting. And then we've center got job.
0: that that other guy, that like Martin. Isn't he's supposed to be? Who are you talking about? He's an inside guy,
1: who he didn't really play, but people people like him. Let me look. Is it Gabe Martin? No. Who's that? Why? Where did that name come from? I don't know.
0: I just have these these Browns names. There's so much like crap just floating around in my head. Depth chart. Nope. Don't have a depth you chart. You just want to yet. look at the roster. Yeah. yeah. Apparently. Uh, position offensive line. Oh, I don't know who I was talking about. Me either. Maybe we got rid of him. <laughs> <laughs> he gone. That's, that's how it always works, right? Maybe we got rid of him. <laughs> uh, okay. Well yeah. I, I mean, don't know I don't know who else on the I mean, I feel pretty good about those offensive linemen. I mean Christian Schneider, I mean that rookie uh, take him or leave him. Uh, Victor Solanco, second year guy at Oklahoma State. Here's Come on. here's
1: how do you think? Here's another question regarding the roster. How would you, if you were putting like percentages on it, yep. of the number of running back carries over the course of the season, how would you expect those to be distributed amongst the top three guys, like between Carlos Hyde, Nick Chubb, and um, I
0: would certainly hope Nick Chubb has like Johnson. 60% of the running back. I mean, that's what I'd hope for. And then you sign Carlos I, Hyde I think, to I've, a top 10 like running back. I think back. Carlos Hyde's going to get the going to get the Chubb if <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um I mean, and, I think we signed Carlos Hyde cuz we didn't know how the draft was going to go and now that we have Nick Chubb, it's like, sorry bud. You're just going to kind of sit the bench and
1: I I kind of wonder if a top tier running back gets hurt on if a we contender. Can't trade if we're able to yeah. trade Carlos Hyde,
0: maybe. I mean, but it's basically a one year deal that that, that I mean, you can get out of after the first year. So it's there's not
1: a lot. Of, it's a it's great trade bait. I mean, that's a top top level talent at running back to be able to offload. Yeah. Like I can't help but think that that would be enticing.
0: Yeah, if there's a an injury like we saw in Minnesota. Like yeah. this year where they needed somebody to fill in. It's not a bad idea.
1: Yeah. So that's something I'm gonna be I'd keeping an eye on for sure. Because I just don't know how you keep those guys happy. Yeah. Like Carlos Hyde signing for that kind of money and then like having to like sit on the sideline and watch a rookie take all the carries. Like yeah. there's no way that's gonna end well.
0: It's not like Duke Johnson can just play wide receiver. We've got a million wide receivers now. Yeah. So, um and Nick Chubb I, I guess it's just biding his time until he takes number 27 from Matthew Days because we're at number 31 right now. Hey, but I,
1: maybe Matthew Days' ticket to keep it on the roster is Carlos Hyde getting traded. Yeah.
0: Well, there you go. Who knows? Yeah. So, all right, anything else you want to cover this week? Hmm.
1: Um. I think that that pretty much covers it. Um, that does not There's there's not a lot going on. I mean, we've
0: got rookie camp.
1: Hughes committed to jumping in the he, lake. He is
0: jumping. We'll see if it happens.
1: Um, they said they're going to do it for his charity, and he's got a bunch of other people on board. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We'll of see. course, June first. Why did it take him so long? What a what a little pansy. Like he waited until the summer. Are you kidding, no kidding. me?
1: Yeah, no kidding. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's kind of convenient.
0: Yeah. Oh man. Oh, uh, it took me. There's a lot going on. Yeah. Oh, summertime. That is convenient I'd rather see him wait wait till it gets cold again so alright he won't be
1: around when it's so when it gets cold again <laughs> <It's true. laughs> he better squeeze it He's in is that all gonna another chance yeah save his name
0: <laughs> that's a good point uh, so alright well that'll do it for this week on the Cinema of Our Fathers podcast um, we'll be back in two weeks with another another episode recapping uh, what happened in the the world of the Cleveland Browns. Um, thanks for listening. Be sure to check us out on Twitter, at Sin of our Fathers or shoot us an email, um, sinofourfathers at gmail.com. Um, Mark would be mad at me if I didn't thank our Tokyo listeners. Um, anything else? I think I'm not used it. to this. Good That's job, pretty host. good. All, right. All maybe, right. Maybe I have a second career here. So. Maybe. All right, y'all. Go Browns. Go Browns.